we had a great time Thursday night with ladies at our ladies gathering and we had a great group of ladies and we're going to get together again in July hopefully is kind of what I'm thinking that we're supposed to do but um, we talked some about Deborah and um, she was a fiery woman she was a prophetess and she was also a judge over Israel so she had a, she had a lot going on but in her in that in her being that fiery woman um, she she knew timing we talked about that she knew uh, her place she knew her identity um, she was a worshiper of the Lord and whenever things were it says in the scripture right before it really talks about her her country was in a big mess and um, the Lord instructed her on timing of when to call, get a hold of Barack, and she said, hey, it's time. It's time to go to battle. And I told him Thursday night, and that's just kind of what you just did, but um, I told him Thursday night that I'd always thought that Barack was kind of a wimp. It's kind of how I always looked at him as kind of a spineless guy that had to, you know, but he, he I, I began to see see it he was a wise man because he was able to recognize that he wasn't going to go to war he said yeah i'm going to go into battle but i you're going with me and so um he told deborah he he understood her authority he understood what she carried and so i i challenged the ladies in that that and they all took took it on and said we're up for the challenge we're up for what the Lord has for us. We're up to be those fiery women that God has called us to go into battle. So I'm throwing it down this morning and challenging the men because the ladies are ready for the battle. And you know what? Where are the men? And we're looking for the men to come on beside us and say, yeah, it's time to go because they went together and God gave them the victory. And God wants to give us the victory in our personal lives. He wants to give you the victory in your personal life. We are not to live, I don't believe we're to live this life in defeat. God wants us to have the victory through everything we do. And he wants us to have the victory here in this place, but outside of this place. And that's what I challenged him. I, my sphere is small. But look at the, if we all are together, look how many people we reach. So everybody goes into battle. Everybody has a victory, uh, you know, a victory to win. So I challenge you today, you ladies that weren't here, I, Janet spoke Thursday night and she talked about us being on fire and how one little spark can cause a great big fire. And then it just spreads. And that's what we're to be about. So I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling wet and dry and that you don't have a fire, come this morning. God wants to set us on fire. And I know my dad's ready. This is his second sermon this morning, so y'all better look out. He, he's fired up and ready to go. <laughs> but I just want to challenge you that we can't settle for the average and mundane any longer that God wants us to be on the forefronts to change our 
families, our community. It's up to us. The other side screaming. Now, we don't want to go out there and act like total idiots, but just be led by the Lord. He's going to show us how, how to, to go into victory and how to win. But I, I just want to bless you all this morning. I, I'm just so convinced and that that was just a great uh, prophetic thing. We just saw just that was just what I was seeing. And so we've got to hear from him to be able to step into it and, or, and have that right timing. Just like she said, today's the day of victory. Let's get up and get it. And I mean, and they did the stuff and God took care of it. And that's what those things in our lives that seem impossible, those sicknesses that have defeated us, those family conflicts that have defeated us, it can change just like that. God can, we just sang a song, God can turn it around. But man, sometimes when we go out there, you're like, God, where are you? <laughs> and he's right there. He's right there. He's wrapped around us. He's going ahead of us, and he's going behind us. He's encircling us in everything that we do. So I just say blessings to you. I want to remind you that Wednesday night, we have church here every Wednesday night. And you know what? There is an assault on Wednesday night service. I'm going to say this again. We are not going to ever stop having Wednesday night service. God is here. He meets with us. David did an outstanding job Wednesday night. Debbie does. I have learned so much from them. There is a wealth of just God moving on Wednesday nights. I challenge you to be here. This Wednesday night, I ask you to be here for Leah, Wyatt, and Hunter. And we want to bless them. We, I'm not for sure exactly what all we're going to do. It's not just going to be cake and punch. But you know what? We're their family. And it's time to surround them and send them out and bless them. And um, I'm just looking forward to that. I, I'm excited for them and their new endeavors that God's got for them and whatever that journey looks like. So we want to bless them uh, Wednesday night. So I encourage you to be here. Come on up. You know, things can change suddenly. Yes. You know, <clears throat> recently, OU... Ba uh, base softball girls have a great team. They've won the national title here several times. They recently had a three-game series schedule with OSU. And, of course, OU just won every, all three games. But they played yesterday in the conference finals. They each won their leg, so they were the two teams that played. And OSU just beat them. So, I mean, you know, I bet OU thought, we just wiped them out three games in a row. But they didn't yesterday. Things can change suddenly. <laughs> I, I hope you're reading this devotional. Just, it's got some words in it. Did you read it Wednesday? <clears throat> it's talking about money. Richard's wanting to do another money teaching class. This talks about money. It says, 85 out of 100 Americans end up with less 
than $1,000 in savings when they reach 65. That's sad. Um, that's one-third of what the residents of Germany save. That's one-tenth of what the people in Japan save. Any fool can spend money, but it takes a wise person to save some as well. Now here's a man that studied this out. <clears throat> he said, after sitting at his calculator for more than three hours and not saying a word, the guy looks up and said to his wife, Honey, if we continue to save at this present rate, by the time I retire, we're going to owe $700,000. See, money management, when you learn to tithe and give, you learn to manage some with your money. That's true. And God blesses it. I know you're tithers and givers, but I'm just reminding you, I mean, that is a sad thing to think about yeah. in America. Yeah. That, that's just, that's sad. But see, God has blessed us. I know you know about it. Let's just stand up and hold our offerings up to the Lord. Lord, we just bless you. Here's your offering right here. We just, Lord, we, we lift our offerings up to you. Listen, sow your sowing seed into God's kingdom. And I, and I, I believe most of you or in that soil, you know, there's about five types of soil. The best one is good soil where the return is 40, 60, 100 fold. The soil right below it is, it's good soil, but there's weeds and tangles and the cares and riches of the world stops the growth. Lord, I believe we're sowing into your kingdom. It's your money. We owe you the tithe. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you'll do with this. In Jesus' name. Anyone get a special financial blessing this week? Well, next week, somebody stand up and cheer about it now, okay? Thank you for sharing that with us. And you know what? I just kind of just felt like that that's that's like dad talking to his kids because he wants to help us. And what a I don't feel like that there's any greater place that you could go. You know, because if you're if you can't save, you got to change something. And if you don't know how to do that, is there anything wrong with asking somebody to help you figure that out? And so what a great place. There's a lot of, I, I, they could come talk to you, couldn't they, if we need help, you know? I mean, and sometimes it just takes a, it's just an easy little something that you could, it adds up quick on how to save. I, I was just thinking there's a lot of great wisdom in here of people that could help if you need help trying to sort it out because sometimes you just we get in a rut and we don't know how how to change things but 
I was told years ago, I want that mic minute. I want David and Judy to come pray over the service here in a minute. That I, I preach prophetically, and I said, I'm not a prophet. He said, no, what you say is going to come true. I spoke with a man that I really like and love. And he's not a kid, but he's not retired. And I told him, I said, look, if you don't start making more money, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to have to, I don't know if I told him to get his butt up or not, but just work harder. In a month or two, he's in a financial jam. I didn't know I was really giving him a word. I was just trying to get him to see. All that's going to be out there is what you're doing. And we used to be in the insurance business years ago. And I can't even remember what they called the little old machine. It played a... Duquesne and it showed this journey through life and it showed this guy retirement age and he walked down to the the ship port with two bags but the ship had already pulled out yeah, there's just so much truth in that Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. listen I, I appreciate those songs about the Holy Spirit I want you. To, I want us to pray, but just pray for the Spirit of God to come and do what He wants to do here today. Thank you, in Thank Jesus' you, name. Thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor, for Gerald, Lord. We thank you that we believe that Your Spirit is upon him to deliver to us what You've given him, and we ask You to open our ears and our understanding, and Lord, to receive what You have for us today lord that your anointing is here and we thank you for it and we just thank you for what you're doing with uh, this church in the community in the state lord help us to press in to be what you want us to be all of us in jesus name we pray amen amen lord we just thank you you said where two or three are gathered in your name, you're here. Amen. So we thank you that you're here with us. Amen. And Holy Spirit, we do welcome your working and your moving in us. Corporately and individually, God, we thank you. Amen. And we just declare your kingdom come. Your will be done in us as it is in heaven. And we thank you, God. <laughs> Oh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful. And God, we just give you praise and honor. And we just bless the word that goes forth today. Amen. And we bless Gerald and Dixie, God, and Angie, the, the leader, the leadership of this church. Lord, we thank you, God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say it's our church. The little girl said to the guy, the nursery rhymes always start with once upon a time. He said, no. Sometime it starts with if I'm elected, I promise you. That's too true, isn't it? 
Oh, God's just good. Listen, he is on the move. And I know the church is awakening, and I, I know you know these things. Don't underestimate your prayers. I appreciate you praying for the seniors. Hunter, congratulations. Leah, congratulations. Proud of you guys. We'll have some words for you Wednesday night. I gave a cowboy word in the service this morning. Just hold on. I've had two. This will be the second sermon. I've had two breakfasts, so it's okay. Yeah, you should... Uh, what do you dream about? What do you cry about? What do you sing about? You know, those could be things that God wants to do. The Word says He'll give you the desire of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and your desires change as you go th going through life. You know, I've, I've wanted to please the Lord for a long time, but I had no idea of being a preacher. So my desires change. I know the story of a lady. There's a, her husband was a great Christian man. They lived here. And she got a letter from a man, and I forgot which foreign country communist country he was a he was a great minister there he said i believe it's the lord's will for us to marry and i'd like i see you're you're going to be in a speaking engagement in another country and i'm going to be there and i'd like to meet with you that's quite a proposal isn't it they ended up getting married after they'd been married a while, Manly Beasley told me this. He said, he knew her well. He said, I asked her, now how is it? I mean, she'd been able to go to Walmart every day. No offense, John. Or whatever's going on. She, she could do whatever she does. She said, I asked God to give me the desires of a woman that lived in that country. And God did it. He can change our desires. You know, life is about whatever your profession is, the more you know it, you don't, you don't know all there is about it. The more you know about it, it seems to me like the more there is to know about it. And if you, I feel sorry for people that are in a job and they're just, it's ho-hum. You better go do something else. You need to get challenged. And I'm telling you, God's getting ready to challenge us. I mean, He always does. But remember, <clears throat> He's already made the provision. The ram was already tangled up on the mountain. <clears throat> when Abraham took Isaac up there and thought he was going to have to kill him. But listen, Abraham had to know what mountain to go to. You better go to the right mountain. That's what Dixie was talking about, tithing, time, timing. And I, I'm glad she did that. I had no idea she was going to. But, that, amen. But the things you sing about, cry about, dream about, they're probably God's will for you. 
And listen, we want to help you live out your dreams. I want to see you be who God's called you to be. I don't know what God wants you to be. I just know He's got more for you than you think. It's out there. Just go get it. Just go get it. Most of us were taught that the meaning of our earthly existence was to prosper. But let me tell you, the real meaning should be about developing our soul. That's our inner being. But we study everything else. We want to be good at this. We want to be good at that. But we don't think about how do we build this inner man. And that takes time with the Lord. It takes time with the Word. It takes time to prayer, to pray. But you know, I, the best time, for, I believe, is just to get to a place sometime when you can just stop. Just say, Jesus, I just want to meet with you. How can you go up and borrow something or ask for somebody that you don't know? They'll tell you to go take a hike right quick. See, <clears throat> I'm not going to know Jesus any better when I get to heaven than I know him here. And I get to thinking, you know, I ask him for a lot of things. I do. And that's okay. First, you've got to get, and it's okay at times to pray about the stuff in your life, but you've got to get past poor pitiful me. You just need to look in the mirror and say you're a mess and you need to do something about it, you know, if you're, that's where you're at. But God has got so much for us. He, he wants to deal with, He wants to give us the desires of our heart. But our spirit, our spirits live forever. Our flesh is temporary. And we spend most of our time concerned about the flesh instead of the spirit man. You know, principalities work through personalities. I'm not going to preach on that, but I'm just thinking about that. Where Jesus found faith, he could do anything. So, if God's not moving in my life, it's not His fault. It's mine. And I'm telling you, people don't care what you're doing for God. But they'll pay attention if you can tell them what God's doing for you. I mean, religion tells, now let me tell you what I've done. I'm doing blah, blah, blah. They could care less. And I think God gets tired of it too. But Christ Jesus is the unseen seed of the Father. I'm not going to read those stories, but I even mentioned the four or five different types of soil that Jesus taught about in Matthew and Luke, which you could where the seed falls, and some of it didn't do anything, and some did great things. <clears throat> but He Himself, the living Word, the living seed, the Spirit that is the life, He's the life of the seed. 
That's the seed that's in you, the Holy Spirit of God. I talked to the few of the cowboys this morning. And the Lord told me to talk to them about Gideon. And I thought, hmm, okay. And you know what I told them? I said, God came to a man that was a nobody. You remember the story? He was hid out in the wine press, thrashing wheat, just to make it for his family because the Mennonites had taken over the country. God was looking for a man to liberate a country. That's why I talked to them about it. Listen, we need some liberators in this country today. And we're all called to that. We know it. Don't underestimate your voice. Don't underestimate your, your prayers in that for this nation. I'm going to talk about that some more this morning. But a crisis doesn't necessarily make character. But a crisis in your life reveals character. Adversity is a crossroads which forces us to choose either character or compromise. Oh, nobody's going to know about it. I'm by myself. There's not a car coming. I can drive whatever speed. I can. If you don't think there's not lawless, just set your cruise on the speed limit and see what happens. I mean, that's just a little thing. Oh, it's, anyway. But, oh God, I've come to do your will. We're in a crisis mode in America. You know, our government wants to give Ukraine $43 billion that we don't have. You know, that's happening. Praise God, Senator Rand Paul stopped it last week. He said, we can't save Ukraine by dooming the U.S. economy. But that was a good word. You think I should just preach a salvation message every sun Sunday? I think most of you are saved. But see, we've got to learn to be the church outside of these walls. We, we've got to do those things. And I know you're, you're about those things. But now, here, here's a, a, a bad thing. I want to read it like I wrote it down so I don't forget part of it. There is a vote, I believe, scheduled this week to give the World Health Organization. They go by WHO. Who? Control over the Health Department of America. Trump pulled us out of who? Biden put us back in. Do you know the United States you know how much money we put in that? Five hundred million. You know how much China puts in? Fifty million. Five hundred versus fifty. And yet they have got the control of it because they've got control of the leader of that organization. And we need to pray. I mean we know what the government's how, how shut down we were. But what if that dude and there's a plague somewhere in some other country, and he says, I'm calling for a national shutdown. You know what? America is on that list. 
Do you know that in China, if you don't disagree, there's some people, they're welding their doors shut on their houses. They've just got to starve to death in there. Dixie, I don't know how many days stuff you've got stored up. I know you've got some. We can hang out for a while. But I'm afraid those people didn't. I mean, that's, that is communism. That is the, that's why, why our government is trying to break this nation. That's why these are shortages. That's so we'll be crying out. Don't under, say, come on, some of you not amen and that little girl's crying out back there. God's good. Listen, I appreciate you praying. Pray for them. Do you know that China already owns 300,000 acres in Oklahoma? That's sad. That'd make us a good ranch, Jess. And yet they're messing it up. But... I mean, this is the world we live in. This is the world, by God's design, we're, whatever age you are, God has designed us to live through this time and be salt and light here. Lord, we bless you. Lord, reminds me of Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. I told the guys yesterday we were talking. I've loved that verse, and I've known it for a long time. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Fear not. I'm, I'm going to tell you, fear comes at all of us. And all these things it does. When Moses was herding his sheep and all at once God showed up in the burning bush, told Moses what to do, just changed his life. And suddenly Moses said, who should I tell him sent me? He said, tell him I am that I am. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I am is with you. That's Yahweh. That's the God of all gods. He said he'd never leave us and forsake us. Listen, Jesus came to deliver us from this. He came to deliver us from sin, sickness, so he could make known to us the love of the Father. His acts and teachings were based on the work and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Pardon, forgiveness, and healing are always found together in Jesus' teaching. To receive healing, we need to confess all of our sins. We need to make right, wrong actions with others if the Holy Spirit shows us what to do. We need to resolve to live a holy life. It's not just, oh, I'm doing better than I've ever done. Come on. Ask God what He wants you to do. Psalms 103 was written by David after he'd stole a wife. He'd had a man killed. He'd married Bathsheba. They'd been married probably at least a year because they had a child. 
And when the, the man of God came and pointed it out, David repented. And then he wrote Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. There's a time we just got to cry out to God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who what? Forgives our iniquities. He puts them as far away from us as the east is from the west. You can't measure them. He removes them. And he heals our diseases. Wherever you're at, if you think you're in a pit, the next verse is, He redeemed my life from the pit. I mean, we can relate that to being saved, but I relate it to even as a Christian of getting in a pit. And He redeemed my life from the pit. And then can you believe the next part of that verse? Then He crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. And is that not a loving God? Who satisfies your years with good things. Who renews our youth like that of the eagle. Hunter, he's a good God. He's not a bad God. Listen, there's, there's not a verse where Jesus said, where he calls sickness down on somebody. He didn't. He didn't. Now, you can, go, you can go back all the way to the Garden of Eden and I'll lay out a bunch of this sometime. There is a law that's at work in the universe, whether you're lost or saved. What you plant comes up, like it or not. And God gets a lot of the blame. But it's not His fault. He didn't do it. I promise you, He didn't cause a car wreck. He didn't cause a rape. He didn't cause a murder. He gets the blame for it in some cases. We just need to be praisers and love our God. And I, I've got back into Psalms 91. I, I got up and read some of that again last night. And I, I was reminded of the story, and I know I've told it, but in World War II, a man was in a prison camp in Germany. I don't know if he got saved after he got there, if he was already a convert, but he got into Psalms 91. And you know, it starts out, he, he dwells in the secret place of the Most High, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And this man cried out to God and he said, Lord, I'm young. I wanted to have a family. Am I going to die here? He said, no, gather up your things and go home. This man was from England in a German prison camp in Germany. So he put his things together. He just starts walking out. Mark, he runs into a guard and says, where are you going? He said, I'm on a mission for the Most High. He gets to the gate. What do you think you're doing? I'm on a mission for the Most High. They opened the gate. He wandered around through Germany and eventually made his way back to England. He was the only one out of that camp that survived. They, he later found out 
that the Germans referred to Hitler as the Most High. So he was on a mission for the Most High. But he was on a mission for the Most High. See, when God gives you a word, you can believe it. Yeah. Somebody that's not in a relationship with God and they just want to grab the Bible and they're sick and says, okay, it says I'm healed. Well, they're probably going to stay sick. Or they take some medicine or whatever. I mean, but the promises of God are yea and amen. But we've got to dig them out sometimes. And timing. God just doesn't always move on my time. He may own yours, but He doesn't always move on mine. I'm faster than Him, I think, sometimes. And He's trying to slow me down, really. I'm ready to already see some things happen. But He still heals people. I want to read some scriptures about that. But remember David. After what he'd been through, even in the New Testament, Acts 13.23 says, I have found David. God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Was David not forgiven? Come on. Quit letting your... That bag of junk we carry around. Remember, if it's forgiven, it's as far away as the east is from the west. We are forgiven. Don't bring up that. That's, that old man died. We need to know that that old person died. Let's look at Matthew 11, uh, verse 2 through 6. Jesus always spoke of evil as caused by Satan. He never taught one person to resign himself to being sick. Sin in the soul and sickness in the body bear witness to the power of Satan. Matthew 11, um, she's got it up there, okay. Now, while John the baptizer was in prison, he heard about the wonderful deeds of the Christ. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus this question. Are you really the one the prophet said would come, or should we still wait for another? <clears throat> you remember there was a time that John the Baptist believed Jesus was the one? Because he said, no, you ought to baptize me. But Jesus said, no, this is what needs to be done now. See, we go through things when we can get, it piles up on us. Jesus answered them, give John this report. The blind see again. The crippled walk. Lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised back to life. <clears throat> and the poor and the broken now hear of the hope of salvation. And tell John that the blessings of heaven comes to those who are not offended over me. <clears throat> but yet, you know what? Sometimes Jesus will he'll offend our minds to change our hearts. He'll call you on something. I mean, he's, 
We've all been through things. We thought it was this way, and we get a revelation. Angie talked about one here this morning. She thought the guy didn't want to do something. He just was waiting on God. Let's look at uh, Luke 13. Verse 10. <clears throat> One Sabbath day, <clears throat> while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. Let me say this. We was talking, Angie was talking about us having influence. Statistics have proven maybe a if you call a handicapped person, a person that can't really probably maybe function in society, if he lives out, if that person lives out their life, they will influence 10,000 people. So think how many you influence over a lifetime. More than that. That's a lot, isn't it? She was crippled and had been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had left her unable to stand straight. When Jesus saw her condition, he called her to him and gently laid his hands on her. Then he said, Dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. And instantly, say instantly, she stood straight and tall and overflowed with glorious praise to God. Listen, the word's still true. Just because it hadn't happened in your life or my life doesn't mean the word is not true. God is God. And you, you know Acts uh, 10.38. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with great power. He did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil. For God had anointed him. Amen? Isn't he still a healer? See, we can believe that verse that says he forgives all of our iniquities. Right? Why can't we believe he heals all of our diseases? What's the difference? We were taught the other, for God so loved the world. We were taught those saving verses. We've heard these others, and if you grew up, some churches don't really believe that to the full extent. And you saw somebody claim to be a faith healer, you just wondered about it. And there's some you need to wonder about. But God still heals whether they're right or not. He still heals. One, one more scripture. Let's look at Hebrews uh, 2. Verses 14 and 15. 
since all of his children, that's God's children, that's us, have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. Well, he did. He became a human being. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate. Doesn't that mean get rid of everything? The effects of the in intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death, Jesus set free those who live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death. You know, there are people that are afraid to die. There's Christians that are afraid to die. We just, we better know God. So Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so he could experience death. Now, he died, right? And he arose. But he experienced death and he annihilated the effects of the intimidating accuser. And then Satan is an accuser. And he comes at us to tell us, you're not going to get through this. You're not going to be able to handle this. You've never been through this before. At your age, you can't do what you used to do, so I've got you. He wants us to stop. But it says he is an accuser. And you need to tell him where to go in Jesus' name. You need to tell him. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not believing your lie. You always were a liar and you're lying now. I'm not taking your lie. We have got to stand against these things. Whatever area it is. And it's, it's just harder for us. And I think it's because just the way we were raised or taught. I know I'm forgiven. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him will have eternal life. And we come to Jesus. And you know, there's so much of the church world, that's, that's where they stop. They don't, we don't know. See, the spirit-filled life, I mean, getting saved is the greatest thing can happen to you. But if it's just saved and you never grow, you're, you're a miserable Christian. The spirit-filled life it's supposed to be full of some victories. It's supposed to be, I've come to give you life and, and more abundance, what he said. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life, abundant life. I want you to be my disciple. I want you to go proclaim me as you go. Come on, let's stand up and proclaim that. He is either who he says he is or we just ought to stay home this morning. Come on, we know he is the Lord God Almighty. So why do we allow so many things the accuser to put us under? I mean, you've, you're, you get your armor on and you take off and you're going and yet somebody says something or something doesn't work right and it just... Let's it all out of you.
you're defeated again. I don't care how many times a day you've got to say, God, forgive me, and start over. Just keep starting over. Listen, that story of Gideon, it says they were weary but yet pursuing. There's weariness that happens. But I'm telling you, he, Jesus Christ is the giver of life. And he's our sustainer. And we've got to eat his flesh. We've got to drink his blood. That means we've got to have fellowship with him. Lord, we have come to partake of you this morning. We seek you. We seek your kingdom. You show us the areas we're blinded and deceived in. You show us where the weeds and the briars are stopping you moving in our lives. Where we stop ourselves. I decree the Lordship of Jesus Christ over. He is the King. The governments are upon His shoulders. And there will be no end to His rule or reign in Jesus' name. Let's worship Him. Listen, come. Whatever you're going through, Jesus wants to liberate you this morning. Whatever your battle is, He wants to liberate you. Some of you, you may need to come and say, I want to get saved. I want Jesus to show me how to let Him be Lord. I want to be part of this group. Just come tell us. Let's celebrate Him this morning. In Jesus' name. Don't leave carrying guilt, shame, or condemnation. Jesus wants to liberate you. And the enemy don't want you to take one step forward because when you do, you'll keep moving. Holy Spirit, have your way in us this morning. Do you believe He'll make a way for you.
Telling you the Lord's moving. Whosoever will may come. Thank you, Lord. Any other word this morning? What do you hear? What do you say? Do you have the dreams? Do you have the desires? Where he finds faith. Lord, we thank you. And we choose to believe you. And Lord, I know there's more here in Skytook that you want us involved in or you want to do through here. Lord, we just call that in in Jesus' name. Lord, we call the, the pieces in we need. I, I pray for the labors for the harvest. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. I'm glad you were here today.